Hey, listen, I know how frustrating it is when you are going through one of those seasons of discouragement. And maybe it's not even a season. Maybe it's just a hard week. Maybe it's just a really bad day. If you're like me, then when you're going through those bad times, it feels like it's always been bad and it always will be bad. But we know that's not the truth. It just feels like it when you're down. But the good news is there are things you can do, practical, tactical things you can do to pull yourself out of the pit and get your hopes up again. That's exactly why I created my free seven-day devotional, seven days to stop feeling discouraged. There are things we can do to get our hopes up and turn our eyes towards the one who is the author and perfecter of our faith. If you head over to getyourhopesup.com, you can get your free seven-day devotional. That's getyourhopesup.com. and welcome to Get Your Hopes Up. I'm Christy Wright, and I'm so glad you're here. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by power of the Holy Spirit. Our God is the God of hope, and He wants you to overflow with hope. So let's start our week by getting our hopes up again. Now today we're talking about how to share your faith. I know many of you want to share your faith more and you're not sure how. And today we're going to talk about exactly how to do that, especially in a way that feels true and authentic to you. Well, I want to start with a story because y'all know I love to start with a story. And this one goes back to college. So I was a senior at the University of Tennessee and I was an advertising major. Well, in our very final class, it was called Advertising Campaigns. We were put in groups and the whole purpose of this class was to use all the knowledge we had gained the previous semesters, put it together into one big campaign that we were going to present at the end of the semester for a pretend client. So each new year, they would assign a client that each group was supposed to build a campaign around. Well, this particular semester, we were all assigned the smart car 4-2. Now, if you don't know what the smart car is, let me just tell you. Imagine a tic-tac of a car. Like it's like the tiniest car you've ever seen. It kind of looks like a roller skate. It is so tiny, you probably could fit it, I don't know, in the trunk of your actual car right now. Like, it is so little. At the time of my advertising class, the smart car was not sold in the United States. It was only sold in Europe. So they were super, super rare. Only people that really loved this car and had it shipped over from Europe had this car. So you couldn't find it anywhere, which means doing research on the target market for this tic-tac of a car was really, really difficult. So we did what we were taught to do, which is we did focus groups in Knoxville, Tennessee. We did surveys in Knoxville, Tennessee. We asked around and had conversations and discussion groups and we had forms and templates in Knoxville, Tennessee. Well, I don't know where you're listening to this right now, but I want to tell you that Knoxville, Tennessee is Southern, people. It's Southern. It's got a very country culture. I say that with love because I am Southern. I've grown up in the South. I love it. I love everything. Tennessee, barbecue, cowboy hats. I love all of it. That's Knoxville, which means that most people in Knoxville, especially college students that we were interviewing for our projects, liked big trucks, not tiny Tic Tac cars. So every single time we would do a focus group, everyone hated the car. Every single time we would do a survey, everyone hated the car. We were like, how in the world are we supposed to build a campaign around a car that no one likes? I don't get it. We were grasping at straws, y'all. There was one girl in one focus group that kind of maybe sort of would have driven the car if someone gave it to her for free, but that's as close as we were getting. 
And we can't build an entire campaign presentation around one girl that maybe kind of sort of would have driven the car if it was a free gift. It's not going to work. We had tried everything. Well, one night we were at the library and we were there until like midnight, searching, Googling, desperate for answers. Well, finally, I got a crazy idea. I decided to pray about it. Seriously. I wasn't a super mature believer at this time. I met the Lord when I was 15. So I'd been a believer for, I don't know, six, seven years at the time. But I wouldn't say I'd really grown in my faith a lot during those years. So I was still kind of a baby Christian. And I didn't even know if God cared about things like this. I didn't know if he cared about advertising campaigns or even heard my prayers. But I thought, you know what? It's worth a shot. So I prayed this prayer. I said, Lord, help us with this project. Our group has been the smallest from the beginning. It has been the most behind from the beginning. We've gotten the worst grades from the beginning. We're trying so hard and we just can't seem to keep up with these other groups. Lord, help us. We cannot build an entire semester long project around a car that no one likes. Lord, please help us. And then I made a deal with God. I don't know if that's theologically correct or not, but I made a deal. At a 21 years old, I said, Lord, if you will help us with this project, I promise I will tell them that you're the one that helped us. I promise I will tell them if you will answer my prayer, I will tell others that you're the one that made that possible. I promise. Well, the very next day, we're at the library and we spent hours and hours at the library researching and digging deep, trying to find anything we could to make a case for this car. And I want you to know, I came across a petition. It was a petition to bring the smart car to the United States of America from Europe. On this petition, there were 500 names. 500 names, y'all, 500 names of 500 people that loved this car. They not only loved this car, they loved it so much, they went online to sign a petition to bring it to the United States of America. And next to their name was their city and state. So we did what all motivated, enthusiastic college students would do, and we acted like complete stalkers. We searched their name, their city, their state. We found their phone number, and we cold called them and interviewed them about this car. Did some of them ask, how did you get my number? Sure did. We just moved right past that and said, don't worry about it. We've just got your information here from your petition. And we interviewed them. And y'all, the response was unbelievable. These people loved this car. They adored this car. For them, it was economical. It was easy to park. It just made sense. In fact, our entire tagline of the entire presentation was the smart car for two. It just makes sense. We ended up winning the entire campaign presentation at the end of the semester and beat out every other group, not based on our amazing creative, not based on our amazing ads or portfolio, but based on our amazing research, research that no other group had. Well, there was one specific day when my group and I were walking out of the advertising building, and you need to know that I didn't know these people that great. I mean, we'd become teammates, but we weren't best friends or anything, and I didn't know if they were Christian. We'd certainly never talked about our faith. I'd never shared my faith very publicly and and didn't even know how to talk about it at that point, especially because I was still kind of a new Christian. I didn't have a lot of practice doing that at the time. But I remember walking down the sidewalk with them, and I remember one of the girls turned to me and she said this, that is so crazy that you found that petition. How did you find it? And y'all, in that moment, my prayer came back to me. The deal I made with God came back to me, and I had a choice to make. I could be honest. I could keep up my end of the deal and tell this group that I didn't know, didn't know if they were Christians, didn't know if they knew I was a Christian, didn't know how anybody felt about all of this religious conversation. I could be honest and say, I believe God gave me that petition. Or I could play it safe. 
I could say, oh yeah, such a coincidence, crazy, right? Man, we got lucky. Sure did. We got lucky. What a coincidence. But I wanted to keep my word. I wanted to honor my prayer to the Lord. And I wanted to thank him for the fact that he answered my prayer. And so even though I was so nervous and didn't know how to talk about my faith at this time and didn't know how they would receive it or what they would think of me, I just simply said, you know, I'd love to tell you, I actually prayed the day before I found that petition. We were hitting such a dead end, y'all, again and again and again. We couldn't find an answer. And so I prayed and I asked God to give us a way to solve this case, to help us with this presentation. And the very next day, he led me to that petition. So I don't feel like it was a coincidence at all. I think God gave us that petition. Now, I realize that this may not seem like a big deal to you when you know me as a person that is bold with my faith now. I have a podcast called Get Your Hopes Up, all about cultivating a big, bold faith in God. But at this time, at 21, I didn't know how to talk about my faith, y'all. I didn't want to offend people. Even now, even today, even though I've been a Christian for a long time and I've talked about my faith publicly and openly, it can still be hard, right? It can be awkward. You don't want to turn people off. You don't want people to think you're weird or crazy. So you live in this tension. You want to be true to who you are and be true to what happened to you and you want to honor God, but you also don't want to offend people. So how do you do that? How do you share your faith without freaking out? How do you Share your faith without being scared or nervous or awkward or weird or offending people. How do you do it? Let's talk about it. So how do we do this? How do we share our faith? The short answer, be honest. Be honest. Y'all, you know what we do? We just overthink everything. We overthink it and we overcomplicate it. If we are just honest in our conversation, we will naturally share our faith. Well, let's talk about what this looks like practically. Number one, be honest about what you believe. Be honest about what you believe. So for example, I often speak at different conferences and some are faith-based and some are not. Now, I always try to get a gauge before I'm in the room, before I'm with the client, before I'm on stage, what type of conference that is, what type of audience is going to be present because I want to be considerate of the room and the crowd that I'm walking into. But it doesn't mean I won't share my faith. I share my faith at every single conference. It's just how I share it looks different. If I'm speaking at a church, obviously, I am unfiltered, unedited. I go all in. I will preach. I will get fired up. I will teach scripture. I will just go. But if I'm at a conference that would not understand the Christianese language or what even Bible scriptures I'm referencing, I'm not going to go there. Not because I'm scared of it, but because it wouldn't land well. They would not be able to receive that type of communication. But here's what I can do. I can be honest about who I am and what I believe. So for example, in the spring, I spoke at a national conference that was about 500 big name business leaders. Like the companies that were present at this conference were AT&T, Disney, Verizon, these type of companies. So we're talking massive, massive companies and leaders from these big mainstream marketplace companies that you know. So while I'm at this conference and I'm speaking on stage about time management and life balance, I was referencing leaving Ramsey. Now, because I left Ramsey literally out of thin air, I needed to give some context to that. And so I said, I believe God called me to leave Ramsey. Now, I'm a person of faith, so I use language like that. I believe I was supposed to leave because God wanted me to leave. And then I just continued with the story. But did you see how I set that up? I set it up with I statements. I believe. Or I'm a person of faith, so I believe. If you want to tell a story about God or your faith in an audience that you're not sure 
where they stand on their faith or who they are or if it's a mixed crowd, a great way to set it up is just using those words. Now, I'm a person of faith, so I believe that. Just be honest. Be honest about what you believe. When you're honest about what you believe, you naturally will share your faith because you're just being authentic to who you are and what you believe. But you're positioning in a way that is an I statement. You're not preaching at them. You're not telling them what they should do. You're not ostracizing. You're not shaming. You're not pointing fingers. You're saying, I believe. I'm a person of faith, so I believe that. This is what happened. And then you go into your story. So number one, be honest about what you believe. Number two, be honest about what happened. Be honest about what happened in this story. What is the story you're telling? What is the example you're referencing? What is the thing you are about to talk about that is coming up in conversation? It's right there on the tip of your tongue and you want to say it, but you're going to feel the temptation to downplay it. You're going to feel the temptation to diminish it, to water it down, to make people more comfortable. Don't. Be honest. Now, you don't need to exaggerate it either, but don't diminish it. Don't downplay the miracle because it's crazy. God does not need you to protect him or apologize for him or buffer the story so it lands a little better because it's weird. Listen, y'all, God is weird, okay? He is weird. He is crazy. I have got crazy story after crazy story after crazy story. And I love telling those crazy stories because it opens our mind to the possibility that maybe, maybe God is bigger than we think. God is bigger than we think, than we can think, than we can fathom or understand or imagine. So don't downplay what happened. Don't diminish the miracle. Don't dismiss the details. Don't water it down and try to apologize for it or just buffer it so that your audience can hear it better. Just be honest. That's all you have to do. Just be honest about what happened. What happened? What did God do for you? Some of you have a story. You have a story of a miracle. You have a story of a spouse, a house, a job, a paycheck, a healing. You have a miracle and you won't talk about it because you're so scared of what other people think. All you've got to do is be honest. You don't need to package it just right. You don't have to be a perfect communicator. All you have to do, all you have to do to share your faith is just be honest. Tell people what God did for you. So number one, be honest about what you believe. Number two, be honest about what happened. And then number three, be honest with the credit you give. Be honest with the credit you give. You give God credit for that thing. You give God credit in your mind. You give God credit in your heart. So give God credit with your voice. Say that. Say that you believe God did that for you. Say that God sent that check. Say that God performed that healing. Say that God did it. Give God the credit. Think back to that advertising class. I could have said it was a coincidence. I could have been so scared of their rejection. I could have been scared of what they would think of me, but I would have been lying. I knew it was God. I prayed for a miracle with that project and God answered my prayer specifically the very next day. He gave me the miracle and in my mind and heart, I gave God the credit for that. So I need to give God the credit with my words. Be honest. Be honest with how you believe that happened. It was God, full stop. You know, I love the story in John of the blind man being healed. And it's this whole dialogue in John chapter 9 of a blind man getting healed. He gets his sight. And then the Pharisees are just interrogating the daylights out of him. Like they're interrogating his parents. They're just everybody's all their feathers are all ruffled all the time about how this happened. In fact, 
just to give you some context here, while the Pharisees are investigating this blind man that's now received his sight from Jesus, this is a time when Jesus was already controversial and people are terrified to be associated with him. The man gave credit to Jesus and he wouldn't back down. He wouldn't back down. John 9, 11 says, he replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. And so I went and washed and then I could see. Later on in this story in chapter nine, the blind man, after being interrogated and harassed and harassed, he finally says, all I know is I was blind and now I see. They're trying to nitpick and rules and sinners and salvation and laws and Jewish custom. And he just says, listen, all I know was I was blind and now I see. He was honest. He was honest about the credit he gave. This is what Jesus did for me. Here's the good news, y'all. You don't have to be an amazing preacher or pastor or speaker. You don't have to go to seminary. You don't have to have any degrees. You don't have to be on a big stage to share your faith. You just have to be willing to be honest. Be honest about what you believe. Be honest about what happened and be honest about the credit you give and you will naturally share your faith. When you do this, you will share your faith without thinking about it or even more often overthinking it. It will just come naturally to you. Now, will you still turn some people off? Probably. That's okay, y'all. The ones that need to hear it and can receive it will. And then who knows? Who knows who might come to know God simply because you committed to being honest? All right, y'all. Thank you so much for joining me for my new show, Get Your Hopes Up. I'm so excited to hang out with you every Monday to help you get to know God, get closer to Him, and get your hopes up again. You can also tag me on Instagram at Christy B. Wright and let me know how this episode is resonating with you and how you're keeping your hopes up in this season. I love hearing your God stories and I love sharing them too. And then please subscribe to my new podcast channel and leave a review. I would love for you to be a part of this new story that God is writing with me too. And then I'll see you next week for another new episode of Get Your Hopes Up. Get Your Hopes Up.